Hey, I'm Steve Holt, the senior pastor of The Road at Chapel Hills. This is The Road Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My heart is to empower you to change the world. I hope this message impacts you. Here now is our guest speaker. So I kind of was wrestling a little bit with this message, honestly. Um, All this week I've been, uh, you know, asking the Lord, um, you know, kind of why he would uh, give me this message to share. But I really sensed in my spirit that the Lord wanted me to speak um, today on the power of thanks. Um, In Worship Academy, um, I spend a whole uh, several weeks on um, praise theology. We do worship theology, um, which, by the way, are two different things. You know that, that praise is, is different than worship, right? Because I've, I've gone to churches, big churches, and asked the worship leader, like, what's the difference between praise and what's the difference between worship? And sometimes they'll say stuff like, well, you know, worship's kind of slow and praise is kind of fast. I'm like, no, 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 there's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> Like there's, the Bible actually has a whole lot to say about um, praise and worship. But here's the thing. In the, in the Old Testament, there was basically three houses that were built, houses that God um, wanted built. The first one was the tabernacle of Moses. The second was the temple of Solomon, who uh, David wanted to build that temple and uh, didn't end up building it. The Lord said, your son's going to build it. And then they also had the tent of David. And, um, but in the Mosaic Tabernacle, there was basically a doorway into the presence of the Lord. And do you know what that doorway was? It was the gate of thanksgiving. You ever heard this, this song? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter... See, you know it. I will say this is the day that the Lord. Remember those boom chick songs? I will rejoice. He has made me glad. So um, before I I kind of explain that, let me just tell you a little story. Um, When me and my wife uh, first got married, we lived two years in my, uh, in with her parents while I finished college. And then um, when we kind of were getting to the end of uh, my college time, we were living with her parents, and um, she came to me one day, and she said, babe, she said, I really believe that, that when we move out um, of this house, when you graduate from college, that we're going to move into a new house, like an actual house. And I said, well, I have, I'm probably going to have to get a job first. Um, and if I've just graduated from college, I'm not sure what the pay's going to be. Um, an apartment might be nice, too. And she's like, nope. She's like, we're moving out. We're going into a new house. She said, I'm praying for it. I'm believing for it. And I was just like, okay. I'm not going to tell you no, but um, it's going to take a miracle. Let's put it that way. And so, sure enough, um, I graduated from, from college, uh, ended up working at uh, my, my dad's church, and um, made 
a whopping salary, let me tell you. And so um, it, was, it wasn't a lot, let's just put it that way. And, uh, but we had these, these series of services where we had a special speaker in, and um, kind of like we do at the beginning of the year, you know, um, and where we have several consecutive nights, this was one of those kind of uh, things. And we had this special speaker in, and I, I had just finished leading worship. This is 20-some years ago. Just leading worship. My wife was singing next to me, and I went down off the stage, and the, uh, the special speaker um, said, Hey, hey, you guys back there. He said, uh, can, can I, can I uh, talk to you for a second? So we're like, uh, yeah. And he, and he said, I feel like the Lord gave me a prophetic word for you. Um, he said, I see you in a new house. <laughs> and he said, it's already in the making, in fact. He said, uh, everything's going to fall into place. You're not going to have to try to make it all, like work it out and strategize. Um, he said, but yeah, I see you in a dwelling place, um, and it's beautiful. And, he, and then right before we sat down, he said, in fact, I, I want to tell you again, I feel like the Lord's saying it's already in the making. And we're walking back to our seat, and my wife goes like this. <laughs> what did I tell you? We're moving into a new house. So the, this special speaker did not know that we actually... The next day, that was Sunday, on Monday, had an appointment with our loan officer and um, just to kind of find out what our options were. And so we sat down with him and he said, yeah, well, just tell me a little bit about what you make, your financial situation. So I got a piece of paper and I wrote it down and I turned it over and slid it across the desk and he looked at it and then he laughed and laughed. <laughs> And he said, hey, here's the deal, guys. You don't, you don't make enough um, to qualify for you know, any of the houses uh, you know, here in this city. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. And, um, uh, you know, but the, the dollars and the cents just aren't there. Then he kind of paused for a minute and he said, but would you be open to moving uh, like, or, or living about 10 15 minutes away in this other community, and he named the community, and my wife said, that's the community I want to live in. And he's like, really? He goes, they have a first-time home buyers program there. There's a special development that they made. And he said, I think with these numbers that we can maybe qualify you. He said, do you want to go, go see it? I said, yeah, let's go see it. So literally that day, I wrote a check for $500 to put down on this lot. And of course, we walked through the model homes. The first model home was a whopping 1,011 square feet, three bedrooms. But then we made the mistake of walking through the one just above that. That was about 1,400 square feet. And we walked in and my wife's eyes lit up with the hardwood floors and then we walked into the bedroom and she opened up the closet and saw a huge closet she said oh babe she said this is the one that I, I would really want I said babe 
Listen to me. I don't think we could afford this one. They said they're barely going to qualify us for this little one over here. And um, she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I know. But I'll be happy with that. It's a new house. That was Monday. On Thursday, um, I got a phone call from the development. And they basically said, um, we've had a cancellation in one of our houses. And uh, it's the one just bigger than yours. <laughs> and she elbows me again and said, God knows the desires of my heart. I want that walk-in closet. And he said, I think that we can make the money work. We're going to maybe adjust the interest rates a little bit. We can, there's some wiggle room there. Um, but here's the thing. It's halfway built. And they haven't picked out any of the colors yet. So you get to pick out everything. Plus, we're going to throw in a free fireplace because we can't really remove it. It's already in there. And, a, and an electrical package. You get double the sockets and all that. Um, are you interested? And said, yeah, we are. And he said, we can actually get you in before Thanksgiving. And so literally, with no furniture, just a bed... We bought this ugly green couch um, at a garage sale. We, we had a card table in the kitchen. We move into this house, a brand new house, and I'm sitting on my ugly green couch, and she was in the back bedroom. And the Lord asked me this question, as clear as day, are you thankful? And I, 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 you know, I answered as best I, I could. I said, yeah, of course I'm thankful. And then he said it again, are you thankful? And there was a more serious tone. And I, I remember David, how he kind of celebrated the ark of, of God coming into the city. And I literally jumped up off the couch and began to dance around. I wasn't in my underwear, okay, <laughs> like David was. All right. But I was dancing around and I started shouting. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And I'm rubbing the walls. I'm like, this is so awesome. My wife comes out. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm thanking God. And just then there was this big window on the front of the house. And some of our neighbors were walking by. <laughs> we had no curtains, of course. And they literally turned the other way, and we never got to know those neighbors as long as we lived in that house. So I'm dancing around, and I'm going nuts and going crazy, and finally I'm exhausted, and I plop down on the green couch. She sits next to me, and then God spoke to me one last time. And he said, why would I bless you with more if you're not thankful with what you have now? And I'm like, is that a scripture I don't know about? Because, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm racing through the Bible thinking like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? What, what do you mean by that? I said, I need scriptural proof about this whole Thanksgiving thing. Like, like I, this doesn't quite compute yet. And he took me to the story of the ten lepers and Jesus. And I'll read this for you. You can follow along. Now on his way to Jerusalem, 
Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men, everybody say ten, ten men, right, who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. By the way, if a leper strolled into the city, they'd be stoned to death. All right? It was, it was not kosher. It was not lawful for them that because leprosy was so contagious. So literally, these 10 men had lost their lives completely, had to live in an outside community. They, they could not see their family. And their lives are pretty much done. They were going to rot to death, basically, out in this other community. So they heard about Jesus. They come up uh, probably a little too close, and then they just yell from the distance, Jesus, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, though, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God with a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, which suggests that there were Jews there, but he was a, he was a foreigner. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. My brother um, is a pastor, lives in Dallas. And he always told me, he said, those who preach the best sermons learn how to ask the best questions. So I asked myself, why is this story in the Bible? I mean, it was, it was pretty fantastic that, that Jesus healed the lepers, right? I mean, it was a miracle. But I don't, I don't see that that's the main point of this story. You know what I believe the main point of this story is? One in ten were as thankful as they needed to be. That's ten percent. So when God told me, he said, why, why would I bless you with more if, if you're not even thankful for what you have now? Maybe, maybe God is making a point in this story to say, be thankful. One in ten. And by the way, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Okay? I will enter his courts with praise. You have to sing the whole thing. But in the Old Testament, do you realize that the entryway into God's presence was a gate of thanksgiving? You couldn't access the presence of God unless you walked in with thanksgiving. Here's what I've learned in my journey all those years ago. God expects a thankful heart. I'm going to say it one more time. God expects you to be thankful. Jesus looked at the, the one and he said this. 
where are the other nine? Why are you the only one who came back to thank me? If you read between the lines, you see that Jesus expected a thankful heart. Here's the other thing. No thanks, no gate. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. Do you realize that that nine people ran off back to their lives and missed an encounter with the Son of God? They missed their Messiah because they were so excited to go back and didn't even stop to say thank you. They could have come back. Who who knows? They could have been one of his disciples, an apostle even. But they missed their chance because they were not thankful. By the way, this is not not my equation. This This is God's formula. This is God's formula. Most theologians believe that that, that is a, the foundational scripture for entering into his presence. It's being thankful. So I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever found yourself feeling void of God's presence? I mean, even I'm in the midst of worship sometimes. I'm going to be very, very vulnerable right now and I'll be like I I can't help it sometimes I love you Lord I love you Lord did I close the garage this morning like (laughs) wonder what we're going to eat for lunch later I mean I mean everybody does it our minds wander we're not perfect worshipers But, but here's the thing if you're finding yourself reaching out to God and never experiencing or feeling his presence, I wonder if maybe you've lost your thanksgiving. But there's good news, though. Guess what? Thanksgiving can be taught. When my kids went to a birthday party, and they would get a gift from one of their friends. As a parent, I would always hit them on the back of the butt, send them over, hey, go tell Johnny, thank you. Thank you. So genuine, right? So thankful. Kids, you know the one word you don't need to teach kids? Mine? Yeah, that's the one word you never have to... But... The one word you do have to teach them is thanks. Teach them to be thankful so that that way they can experience the presence of God, that they can know. Um, still to this day, my kids, we, we, we have lived a life of thanksgiving. Uh, ever since that encounter in, in that house, we have, we have always made a conscious decision that we're going to be thankful. And not just the good things. I'm talking about the hard times, the difficult things. 
I wonder if sometimes when we're not thankful for that journey through the trials, if, if because we're not thankful, we, we don't invite God's presence into that situation. I wonder if we, I wonder if we actually embraced thankfulness, even in the midst of like Paul did. I thank you for hardships, and I thank you for persecution, and I thank you for uh, all these. Why? Because he was inviting God's presence into the situation with him. Remember Paul and, and, uh, so, uh, Paul and Barnabas in jail, singing and praising God, and then all of a sudden the prison doors opened? They invited the presence of God into their situation, their difficulty. Can we get down where the rubber meets the road? Is this challenging to you? Is this, is this okay? I hope you're being challenged. Because it, it challenges us all the time. We have to return sometimes to, to our thankfulness. But I remember when we were dating, um, I was uh, in high school choir class, and in walked this beautiful Hispanic beauty. And I literally, the first time I laid eyes on her, um, thought to myself, I'm going to marry that girl. Um, And then for six months, she wouldn't hardly talk to me. (laughs) I mean, I literally could not get her on the phone. Um, But I, I, I had a secret recipe. I became friends with all her friends and then started showing up places. It was, it was, it was brilliant. I, God must have known. And then I called up her dad, um, not her, called up her dad, um, and asked if I could ask her to my company uh, Christmas party. And he said, it's okay with me if she wants to go. So then he went and told her, you know, I just got a call from this guy named Brian Ming who wants to take you and... and Um, And she said yes. And then guess what? Like like three or four dates later, she held my hand. And then we kept holding hands. And then a while after that, she actually let me kiss her. Getting crazy in church today, right? (laughs) We're not going any further, okay? But we talked for hours on the phone. Remember those long cords that you could wind all around the house? I just dated a bunch of us, huh? And and I'd I'd go to my room. She'd go to her room with those long cords. And we just talked for hours. I couldn't believe that this girl wanted to spend time with me and actually get to know me. And I was crazy about her. Then marriage happens. And I've been a pastor long enough to know. Usually when I sit down and counsel with somebody who is completely at their wits end, um, I almost think this this isn't going to work. Because they literally may be living under the same house or the same roof, but have no appreciation for each other and no common ground anymore. How did it get there? How did it get there? Well, let me tell you, here's the progression. When when we're dating, 
when we're in it first in a relationship, they're in the honeymoon, first kids. Man, we're so thankful. I couldn't believe she'd actually hold my hand and kiss me and then say yes to, to marry me. But what happens if we're not careful, we're so thankful at first, but then time passes and we become very, very familiar. And then what happens after that is not only are we, are we very familiar, but we also start comparing and we learn that their weaknesses drive us crazy and some of the things they say. When we first got married, she couldn't cook and my mom was a great cook. Um, now she's a great cook. But I was like, where's the food around here? She's like, can we just go grab a burger? Uh, and you learn some of those idiosyncrasies and not all of it's bad. I'm just saying it becomes very, very familiar and if we're not careful, we start becoming unsatisfied and pointing out the things that we don't like instead of focusing on the things that we do like. And then if we're not careful, number four, we start to take them for granted. And there's just a separation that happens. And where did this begin? Where did this begin? Because we were so thankful they even gave us the time of day at first. But when the thankfulness starts to wane and we become unthankful, the presence of God also starts to slip out the back door too. And how many knows that any marriage that's going to work is going to have Jesus in the midst of it, at the center, all right? Same thing happens with churches. We come in to a new church and we're like, man, this is the, this is the most amazing place ever. Pastor Steve's the greatest preacher I've ever heard. And the music, that worship leader, I mean... And, and, we, and we're out in the hall, in the lobby, and we're, everybody's so friendly, and everybody's so nice, and then time passes, and, you know, that, he didn't even shake my hand today. And, you know, he, the worship was out of tune, you know, quite a bit. And, and if we're not careful, we become very familiar with not just the strengths of the church, but maybe the weaknesses. You know, I don't know, I don't like the music's too loud or, you know, they don't sing enough of Hillsong or, um, you know, and if we're not careful, we start to lose our thankfulness and we go down this progression to the point where it's, and then people say, oh, we'll just find another church. And guess what? It's going to be great for a year there too, until we lose our thanksgiving for and that appreciation. Is this making any sense? An unthankful heart complains about what it doesn't have instead of being thankful for what it does have. So I was at a church in Fresno, a good pastor friend of mine, um, and uh, he invited me in and, and he wanted me to do some songs 
at the beginning of the service, and then he, um, they did some announcements and some things, and then he got up to preach. And so uh, he, uh, he, he kind of in between, he said, oh, he goes, I don't know why they can't get the screen right and the words right. Said, I don't know what's going on back there, but every time we sing, like the words pop up two seconds late and, and nobody knows the words to sing to the song. So then I get up and I'm preaching this um, message on Thanksgiving. And um, he came to me literally with tears in his eyes at, after the sermon was done and he, we went out to eat afterwards. He goes, Brian, I was so angry. He said, I, I knew you were going to be here and I wanted everything to go perfect and us to be on point and everything. And it just wasn't going that way. And then he said, during your sermon, I looked back to the sound booth and where they ran the projection. And I saw, I don't even remember her name. He said, I just couldn't believe it. He said, that lady used to live in a tractor and was bound by drugs, prostitution. I mean, was one of the roughest people our church has ever reached. And she is back there. And it's, it's exactly what you said. It, it, it's so easy to, to become a nitpick and become unsatisfied, not thankful that her life has been completely turned upside down and right with God now. And she's back there serving the Lord on the PowerPoint. And he said, man, I'm so convicted. And I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's so easy to go there. At, even with, as a pastoral staff or leadership. Because you guys drive us crazy sometimes. <laughs> you, you don't show up sometimes. And, but when you first came, we were like, oh, they're awesome and everything. But then what happens? Time passes. And then we become familiar with your weaknesses, just like you're familiar with our weaknesses. And the presence of God just slowly dissipates. So I've just, I really felt like today, what the Lord wanted me to focus on was just asking the question, are you thankful? Are, are, you, are you thankful? Are you thankful for what you have now? Not what you want. But I was so cut to the heart when I realized, and God is gracious. God continues to bless. But I wonder sometimes if we miss out on things because we walk the progression to unthankfulness. You thankful for that job you have? Thankful for your family? Even the strained relationships? Thankful for your church? Thankful for your wife, husband, your kids that are crazy, doing whatever they want out. Why don't, we, why don't we focus on the good and be thankful and invite his presence in with us? 
Hey, thanks for listening to The Road Podcast. It's been my joy to be a part of your life today. And you know, that's part of what we do here at The Road, and this is what I do in having this Road Podcast, is to empower people to change their world. My passion and desire is that you would take God's Word through the power of the Holy Spirit and make that relevant for your life. You know, the reality is that God has placed your life here on this earth to make a difference. And if you'd like more information about how to grow in Christ, if you need prayer, if you want more equipping in different areas of your life, go to theroad.org. God bless you.